Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Talk with Jordan, High Tech on the Low. I am very, very uh, excited today to have Mike Silberg with me. Mike, um, I got introduced to him several months ago uh, through a, a community um, summit, and uh, actually his community summit that he's going to talk about very, very shortly. Um, and uh, we, we started talking, you know, just about, you know, entrepreneurship and community in general, and uh, especially since, you know, I am a community manager, a front team and, and that type of jazz. And so, you know, we started talking and we realized this would be a great opportunity to have a podcast together and talk about, you know, great um, practices when it comes to community, community building, especially considering its, its future in, in the world of advertisement, uh, sales, everything, really. I mean, it's, it's just showing to be really the future. Um, and also just to talk, you know, a little bit of what it's like to have a community and building that as an entrepreneur. So, Mike, I really, really thank you for, for you know, holding in there with me and, and coming on the show. So, Mike, please introduce yourself for, for everyone listening and uh, let's get started. So, thank you very much, Jordan. It's such a pleasure to be here. And yeah, actually, we connected on Frontend, your amazing and networking WhatsApp group, uh, which is really cool idea of, uh, of connecting. And my background is actually, I'm an accountant. I studied economics and accounting. And oh, no it was actually, yeah. And, it was, and it's like, when you think about an accountant and community, you think about the total opposite thing. But the truth is economics was always my passion. And by accident, I also studied sociology uh, okay. as a major in high school. And many of the things I studied then are very relevant now. And I was also, very much immersed in the world of psychology. I was in, in, in theater and in psychodrama and stuff like that. And gotcha. I said, I'm, I'm so connected to the psychological part and how people are moving, but that's, that's what economics is all about. Economics isn't just about money. It's what makes the, the world go around. And money is maybe the motivator many of the time, but it's what money makes us feel, which is the real right. motivation. Right, and it's like the decisions. It's how we make the decisions. It's how we go about that. And when you think about it, 85% of the Nobel Prize winners in, in the category of economics are psychologists, okay? Daniel Kahneman, all of those are always psychologists, they're not economics. So they call, today we have a name for them, they're um, economical behavioral scientists, but they're, uh, in their profession, they're psychologists. Um, and I was always on that spectrum and I was very, but I said, okay, I wanna have something that's also much more practical and it was actually the hardest thing to be accepted to uh, in ac accounting. So I did economics, which was my core and accounting, uh, which was my major. And then when I moved on, I got to KPMG to be part of the management consulting team because I said, no way I'm gonna be in auditing and real accounting world. Very cool, and very then cool. I, and there I got ex um, exposed to the world of, of management consulting and strategic thinking and building, you know, business plans, but not just, you know, in so many levels and working in such a global company, it's, it was so building and so enriching. And what happened, we had an organization. I actually then was a student in Ben Gurion University in Beresheva. Okay. And I was very passionate about, you know, uh, new frontiers. My father did Aliyah, moved to Israel uh, when he was 14. And he always said, oh, how didn't I live when the pioneers came to Israel? Like I missed a generation. And I was joked that I had this thing about being a pioneer and starting new frontiers. And I said, okay, my parents did, you know, moved and were kind of pioneers to Israel. I moved to the Negev and I lived almost nine years there. And wow. That's a that, long time in the Negev, especially for a it, desert type a of long, situation. And also coming from yeah. KPMG and going down to the Negev. I mean, that's, that's a. It was the, it was the opposite. 
as a student, I went to study there and I was accepted to KPMG. And gotcha. the beginning, I would commute from there back. Um, and then what happened after KPMG was in, in Parliament, I was actually a spokesman. Talk about 180 degrees, moving wow. from being in management consulting and, and in an accounting firm uh, to Parliament, government, and as a spokesman. That was my specialty. So suddenly right, I moved right. to the world of new media and, and how to connect to people and how to work. And I was with the party of Yeshati, which was a, front, a, a pioneer in the world of using social media. They came out of nowhere and got almost uh, 15 or 17 percent of the parliament, 19 mandates. And oh. it was all based on a social media campaign. Shows yeah, you the power of social media nowadays, specifically. Exactly. I'm sure you're going to talk to us about that as, uh, and it's, you know, power also in growing community. I mean, it's just, it's a massive tool these days. And it's exactly that. And when I was working there, I was working under a guy called Roy Deutsch that is now the founder of Jolt, the CEO and oh, founder wow. of Jolt, if you heard about Jolt. Yeah, of and course. He, he was then 22. He was my boss and the boss of my then girlfriend that was, we were both 30 years old and we had a 22 year old guy. Who's this, you know, arrogant guy, but we learned so much from him. She worked in a, in a, in a campaign, in a, sorry, in a reputation, online reputation startup. And he, in the age of 22, was the CEO of that company and the head of new media in, in, the, in the political party. Very cool. Brainiac. Yeah. And from him, I learned after I finished with the party, he opened Jolt and he built a startup by bringing people around him and building a secret group. And that's part of what I teach people. The most important investor in your startup is not the financial investor. It's your users, okay, your customers, and your okay. employees. Because in the beginning, you know, they come with a very high risk. You know, usually the reward, the, the financial cash reward in the beginning is very low. They're built in a lot of prospect and they're the community. They're the people that are investing in you, their time, their beliefs, their hopes. Also, the first, uh, the first users of your company, the first customers of your company, and you have to think how to cultivate a community. But are they the same? Are they the same community in that sense, or are they two separate? You know, two sides of like, are they two sides of the same coin, or is it like really two different coins? So it's a great question. It depends what's the size of the company. If you're very small, and that's what we saw, many of the people that were around Jolt in the beginning, you know, us were in the secret of the stuff. We're also the target audience which what helped them build the company. And we were part of the founding team, even though we weren't uh, shareholders or employees in many ways. And slowly we became also the customers or became the people that were the advocates from the company. So we were everything. We were helpers, we were kind of employees. Even when they were doing their launch, they you know, uh, hired some of us you know, to be in freelance and to right. help with the campaign. And that's the idea of you know, growing the people. And also in my right. company, which is very much community-based and community mindset focused, I try to practice what I preach. If you are man, if you manage to feel people that without the financial reward or you know um, career uh, leap reward or whatever you know strategic part of them say, okay, I love this project. I really would love to give and invest in it even without getting any reward. Right. That's the people you really want in your company. And that's what community, community can be in so many ways. It can be, first of all, internal communities, or also what you can see uh, with what Microsoft are really investing in, and Wix, and you see uh, DevRel, developer relations. Google has about 600 groups of Google developer groups. And so wait, people, do you think then, I, I want to ask them, you know, in that yeah. sense, right, because I've always seen these whole relations types of positions, right? You have partnership mm -hmm. relations, you have developer relations. Is that, should that be changed in the sense to 
community relations, like developer community relations or developing community management, because I really do think like it's so limiting when you put it on as like a relations manager or a partnership mm -hmm. manager, because it's, it kind of makes a one, it makes a binary, right? Between you and the company or you and your people that you're working with, right? But a community is a lot, a lot stronger, right? You got a lot of, lot of things there. A lot stronger in many ways, but on the other hand, feels very fluff feels very sometimes not authentic. Like, come on, I'm not your community. I don't want to be part of your community. You know, let's let's like Im imagine you're dating someone and after the first date, oh, we're, we're, she's my girlfriend or he's my boyfriend. Wait, let, let's build a relationship before we, we uh, uh, decide Jump into the next and, step, and, right. and, and define our relationship. Like, and always also with Facebook groups. Okay, are we a Facebook community or are we a Facebook group? Right. And that's what everything, you know, and when you say, okay, I'm a community manager and everybody joining my group or even my email, uh, you know, uh, target audience um, are my community, it's very imposing. And you right. want to you wanna slide into that. So I think, you know, partnerships uh, manager, relationships manager is much more correct and, and much more, you know, it's less intimidating. And in the end, you want to have a community. And a community right. is... is not a goal, a community is in many ways, you have to remember uh, a means to an end. Uh, and what, and so, what would that end be in that sense? So that's one of the most important things I ever learned. So in 2017, when I left, I didn't leave my job, I, I went part-time. I was okay. working as director of business development for a company that does the financial management for startups. And I was also director of business development and community. <laughs> and and suddenly I went to Midburn. It it, it's like the Israeli, version of Burning Man. Right, right, down in the Negev, all that stuff, right, 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 I got you. And I was blown away. So imagine that, you know, people came, paid, they fought over the only 12,000 tickets and people were like fighting to get the tickets. You opened the sales and in four minutes, there's no tickets. It costs 800 shekels. You need to work for about four or five months to build your camp, your thing. You have to invest a lot of more money to build all the facilities. The organizations besides a fence doesn't give you anything. You know, you have to bring your food. You have to bring your shelter. You have, everything is not paid for. The, the, the shows, the attractions, everything is done by the community. Right. You pay a lot of money and don't get anything and you, and you invest much more. And suddenly when it came, and not only that, in a week, everything's going to be destroyed. And when it's almost like, that, why are you doing this? It's like from a business exactly. perspective, it's the worst idea you could do for yourself. Worst idea, and people go for it. And, and there's so many reasons we won't go into that. And that really made me decide that, you know, I'm going to leave everything and, and devote my life to understanding and heart to harness community. After that, in, in retrospective, I understood how many things they did like already 15 years ago that were always embedded with a community mindset. And I, and I was on that all the way. But right. when I left and decided that I'm going to research communities from where it's really done well and been done actually for really 20, 30, 30 years, it's, it's been under the radar for 20, 30 years. There have been community managers around for 20, 30 years in many companies like Microsoft, in Salesforce, uh, in, in, in all the big companies and corporates in the U.S. many times. So when I went there, I went to CMX Summit. So CMX Summit was, I think, the first serious summit for community managers. And the first events were only 100 and 150 people. When I was there in 2017, 277 people. You know, and that's wow. the whole industry, the, almost the only event. That's, that was the industry. Yeah, and and yeah. many of the people there that I met from Google, Facebook, HP, and stuff like that, 
you know, it was the first time they heard about community. They were sent by their organizations to learn what, what does community mean. So they were, and in 2017, they hadn't even realized the potential yet of the full idea of community. So yeah, actually, like when I met the guy from HP, which is what I'm going to tell you right now, you asked me a, a few minutes ago, so what is the value? What's, what's, the, what's the main, end? Right. what's the end goal? Um, so, and, and there, people, I met somebody from HP and said, yeah, I've been a community manager at HP. So what does it mean? And he says, listen, you know, instead of having 10 people doing R&D and they're very expensive, we just harness about a group of 150 people. And every time we need to do some kind of sprint of innovation, we just harness the whole, you know, and just for one day. And suddenly there's so many brilliant ideas out of the box. And they're people that, you know, all they need is, you know, to be inside included. They're innovators. They like the challenge. They're motivated not by the money. And they right. also come as a group that has like a new open mind and they're not like immersed like employees in, you know, the roadmap of building something. Right, it's and like the idea of doing something, not necessarily I would say pro bono, but in a certain sense, like free of charge, doing it for the, for the benefit of what you see going forward, you know? Even if you do get paid for it, imagine that, you know, you have one person that facilitates 150 brains that even if they get a bit, you know, the, the integration and synergetics you, and, and synergies you create between them is so valuable. And, you know, in crunching all of that and creating some kind of process and facilitating it that creates some kind of output is, you know, it, it's, it's not even uh, measured by money when, because if you don't innovate, you die. And right. it's something that even if you pay 10 people a lot of money, it's, it's very likely you won't get to the amount of value you'll get from people that are passionate or really want to be involved. So even if they get some kind of, of reward, it's usually not part, it's not the main thing why they're there, why right. they're engaged. And that's the part, and that's the position, and that's the main um, uh, goal of the community manager, to facilitate and, as we said, motivate and find the right intrinsics of people to be engaged and to participate and to, you know, give with it, give in. And then when I was in, in, in CMX, I learned about the space model. And the space model breaks down to the five impacts that community can really create. Okay, First, list them here. Yes. Let's, let's hear the five. I'm, I'm interested myself as a community manager. I've never even heard the space model. So, so first of all, let's say that it, the, the model is, is, again, remember, methodologies are just boxes to help us put things. Not, everybody, not everything goes exactly into a box. Many times things are, you know, a bit of, of both. Sometimes the things are mixed a bit. And, and the space model is more relevant for larger organizations who are large enough to have a community focused on one part. But let's talk about the space model. So S. S stands for support. For many years, until 2016, the biggest investment in community in all the organizations I mentioned before was usually in support. Why? Because support is very easy to measure. Imagine Salesforce, okay? In 2014, they had about 3 million users in the support community. Instead of having 300 people in their help desk answering questions, you know, and usually getting a very low wage, maybe people from, from uh, you know, third world countries, hello, how can I help you, da, 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 you know? Imagine you had people that love the product, you know, use it all the time, have also, they wanna add more inputs. They're the users. Okay, and instead of having those 300 help desks, you would have three, facility, three facilitators, community managers, pushing the forum, pushing the support group, and making them help each other. You know, hey, look at this. Hey, oh, you love, oh, he had the same problem. You can answer, you know, many times, what's the motivator there? 
people you know who love to to be to be seen many times people from it's called by the way they, they created a name for it it's called trailblazers okay In 2015 or 17 they rebranded it so the trailblazers are the people that are leading the support community so you get you, you save about 200 and something um, um employees and it's all moved about from from your uh, community from your customers from the trailblazers who are telling you exactly, exactly. what where the issues are what's not an issue how i deal with something right mm -hmm. So your customers, your paying customers that you, that, you know, are paying you, like with Beatburn and Burning Man, those people come and invest their time to help your, your other customers and save you money. And well, so it it's funny because that's something that a lot of people, I think, don't always understand that sometimes you can actually just leverage the people you already have as a community that will do stuff for you because they want to do it for you, because they yes. want that recognition in a sense. They want that help. They want that feeling, you know. But it's very tricky. And the community mindset is a mindset of reciprocity. You have to understand that you have to always continue investing in the community and giving. Community right. cycles and spirals start from a mindset of giving. You help them, you give them, you support them, you know, you cultivate them, you help them more than you need to. And then those people are so grateful that they give even more. And it's right. like pass it on and pass it over. And that's the idea of a spiral. You know, it's like you have a diameter, but you, you give like, instead of giving one, you give two, and then the diameter grows and grows, and the, and the cycle of giving becomes more, and you have this abundance of giving. And it doesn't cost me to answer somebody else. And you already, I was helped one. So when I help one, sometimes people call me and, and, and want consulting and say, but listen, I don't have money, and, and, and I, I, it's just one question. I say, listen, I'll answer gladly, but answer in my community. In YCP, because if I'll answer you in the community, I'll help 20 or 100 people. And then I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do it for free. So I'm willing to help you for free if I help at least 100 people. If I have right, because then you have more of an impact. Exactly. And, and you feel course, like you, you know, actually have that impact and that influence and the feeling and that, that you're community helping. Mindset. The community mindset is about giving. First of all, giving. But in order for the community, you can see so many groups and communities fail because they don't have also the accountant mindset. They don't have the, the economic mindset. They have only giving, only, only taking out, and then they feel depleted. They, they feel they have no more energy to give. Right, they because they've given so much, right? And they don't, they don't they have anything empty. else left. Right. They don't have anything back. When you give, it has to be also in a thought of a long term. Am I giving something impactful enough and in a way that one day, you know, I'm not measuring exactly. I'm not saying, okay, you have to help me tomorrow. But in a way, it will be so impactful that it's more, it's more likely than not that it will come back. And it's not about get doing it once. It's about doing it again and again and again. And the community game is the long-term game. Okay, marketing today is all about the short-term. I always say that marketing, the, the more conventional marketing, is like fossil fuel. You put $100 of fuel, you get 200 leads, and, you know, and then it finishes the campaign. And you hope and it works and, and, ne and next and, thing. And, and, right. and then nobody remembers it. Okay. The community is the long-term game. It's building relationships and investing. And you don't know who will take it back. You know, you don't know who will help you back. You don't know who will be appreciative or not. But it catches. You know, it's the rule of big numbers. You do it en enough times. You help enough people. Out of 100 people that you help, 20 will help you back, which is a good number. Right, right. No, it's a great one number. Person. It's a great number. And that's now, Mike, we're coming towards, it. we're also coming towards the end of the podcast right now. So I actually want you to continue with the space model so that our, right. our viewers can hear it real fast. So you started with support. Now, what's the, what's the next one? So, so support was really big until a few years ago. 
and, and the biggest, because it's really easy to shoot the ROI, but the second biggest was the P, the product, because everybody wants to be innovative, but it's also one have a good product market fit. So that's something really big, and there's even amazing new companies that build a business model on, on selling open innovation, Zenova, XPRIZE, and I can mention many others that already have a community for sale. Like right. our community, it's already community. And you know what? If you just want to open innovation, come and collaborate with my community that of innovators. The third, the A is acquisition. Okay? This Which is? is? The most, with acquisition is like helping you sales or ha- helping you get more users. Or gotcha. A, is, can be, a, a can also be for ambassador, uh, ambassador programs. Okay? You know, oh, okay, right. The example I always love to give is Airbnb because their ambassador community happened by accident. The, the head of EMEA, of, of growth hacking in EMEA and Airbnb was really working on doing this referral program. And then two, two things. First of all, that people that come from the referral program have four times more likelihood to sign on Airbnb, 83% a higher um, appreciation of the product and, and, and um, uh and satisfaction, 83% higher satisfaction, and 16% higher lifetime value, meaning they're much better customers. And on the other hand, you notice that there's about, you know, 60% who never do referrals, 30% to do a bit of referrals, and there's 1% that, you know, gives like eight, nine referrals a month. Now, you don't do referrals for $30 a referral, nine of them a month, if it's just because of the money. You really right. love the product. 100%. And what they did... They created a group, a, a, a community called Airbnb Ambassadors. And around that, build a whole thing, which I held for another podcast, because we want to get to the rest of the letters. So for advocates, sure. building advocates. The problem with advocates, you can't start with an advocate community. You have to understand first who are the advocates. You can't say, okay, let's build a community and make you an advocate. You have right. to find the- You have to understand the value advocate. ahead of time in that sense. It's not just the value. You have to find the, few, the people who see the value and they want to. They have to come already right. Not like the other communities where you can cultivate them as you go. Okay? Right. Understood. Understood. The fourth community is content. C. Okay? Which is amazing. And there's a lot of examples for that, but we don't have time. But instead of paying people to do this not authentic and very generic content, what if you have what we call MGC? Usually known as user-generated content. We call it member-generated content. And so it becomes more authentic. It becomes more frequent. And becomes in scale and we see more and more right. people just doing it and you all you need to do is lead by example create a few pieces of content and show up people co- teach people give them rods not fishes and right. teach them how to create content and then they create much more content and it's authentic and it's recurring and it's very you know uh, believable and it's well, also a model of organic content creation for yourself then in that sense exactly and e is engagement so you have a great product and, okay. and you and, okay. and people love it and you know but you want people to start using it more. So why not in, uh, enable them to use them? And here I will give an example. So one of my favorite engagement communities is Adidas Runners. So okay. Adidas says, okay, we sell shirts, we sell shoes, running shoes, sports garment, but, but we're not trainers. But what, you know, if people buy this, our target audience probably likes sports. What if we just create a sports group for them? And they did the group of Adidas Runners, which became right. in the beginning a running team and then also, you know, working out team and stuff like that. And, you know, in a very small investment, they build the trainers. But by the way, the people who are part of the team, the customers become sometimes part of the leadership team and, and take the other people for run and cultivate and put the posts and put everything in social media. It creates huge awareness for your brand. It creates huge appreciation from your customers to the brand for helping them. 
and and it's a it's a crazy cycle and became and it built this really strong emotional relationship between the brand and the people which doesn't what's funny it's that whole spiral that you bring up right because it's like exactly. even when you start from this from the s of support down all the way to engagement and kind of look at the stuff in between i mean it's all it all feeds itself and it only yeah. grows too as the community grows because in the end you know if you have the right content then you have the right engagement if you have the right engagement you'll have the people who want to do the support if you have all this going well for you the product's good and then guess what you'll have people who just want to support you anyway so the advocacy or the acquisition and that's put on but the problem by the way was the larger organizations they try to have everything and the first thing when we build our methodology to building communities we understood that the most important thing you have to build in the beginning is we call it plm people like me the feeling of shared identity and the people that are supporters are not the same people that are ambassadors okay right. or, and, and not always the same people that are innovators you know innovators are many times very introverts that like you know only in small groups to 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 talk but in, in larger groups outside they don't like to do that right like advocates right. so if you create a group and say i want you to do this and, and so it creates a mixture and there's like too much ask and and not to and, and it's not it doesn't create a movement a it's kind of like everyone can be everyone can be the other thing yeah. but it's better to specialize in that sense you know and, everyone and, can be exactly and when we say spiral we also think about spin-off you know it goes so quickly okay i'm doing support that okay i I, I love the, I love the product so much and I'm doing so much support I become kind of of a, of a product feedback and right. and suddenly I spawn off and that's usually happens one of my partners in ICL in the US that's now the head of community and growth in cultura um, wow. he was the head of community in domo he built the community in domo and before that he was six years as support the head of support community in HP and then for six years in domo he built the, the community at domo which is a BI company and Nasdaq traded and And for eight, nine months, we worked together. It was between jobs and we were building. And we did all these case studies. It was amazing. We see it again and again. It starts as a support community. And it's very easy for the company to understand that because you can see a very clear return on investment. But then slowly, the other communities start to spawn and spawn and spawn. Can I give one last example? I, yes, I actually would love if you could, because we're now literally on the last, last uh, moment. I'd love it if you could also give a kind of tip For all the community managers builders out there right now what's the number one Mike Silberg you know all your knowledge it's been first of all amazing for me to hear all of this but I mean you know all your knowledge what, what do you recommend kind of for people who are out there right now looking to build community are building community and maybe not having the results they're getting they want or are just needing some innovation themselves in their community buildings so in the end try to create a system okay and 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 the system is, is different it's like how do you cook for a thousand people or cook for a hundred people you have to understand the methodology okay and we have our community puzzle you can find it in YCP that's our group and you can find it in community pros which is our LinkedIn group that we're launching and and you can find and, and we share it like I share it now on the podcast okay right. try to like for a method you know like the like when we talk about startups we talk about the lean canvas right try to put it it you know because when you break it down, You can slowly you know understand what oh this is a missing I'm missing the channels oh I'm, I'm missing the target audience oh and, and and when you break it down in a method suddenly things you know it's easier to fix when you have it broken down into boxes because it's very general and nobody knows usually what's their problem because community is such a fluff uh, uh, term and needs so many things for so many people you have to first understand I love it in Alice in Wonderland she asked the cat, Where, what, what road should I go? So she asked her, where do you want to go? She said, I don't know. So, so it doesn't matter what road you take. And that's a problem. People open communities 
many times as an impulsive thing or just an idea and they don't know where they're going where they're taking the people so they have to have an idea and they have to first of all have i'll, I'll say the puzzle very quickly understand what's the purpose of the community where are we going second uh, understand who's going to be the core team helping me move this group forward mm -hmm. what is the experience going to happen fourth uh, what's going to be the spaces and, and, and your principles of how do you come in and leave the community so this group can grow and also move forward? How do we grow it? How do we talk about the community outside the community? And sixth, but not last but not least, is our KPIs, our success measures. Like, what will be good for the community? How can the community, what kind of are the successes are we looking for as a community that we can pass ourselves and, okay, we're moving forward. And if you have these six basic elements, Usually you have most of the stuff and you can start moving forward. But every element like that is like a whole world of itself. Right. But those are, at least is a good way to get started. Exactly. So, start getting um, was, was checking these six. So Mike, I want to say, first of all, thank you so much for, for sharing your knowledge. Honestly, it's been very interesting for me as a community manager. I feel like I've actually gained a lot myself right now. So I'm hoping anyone else listening uh, will also gain uh, some, some useful knowledge. And, you know, please, I want to just say to all those listening, check out Mike. Um, and please check out even his uh, his community, as he was saying. Mike, do you want to just go ahead and, and list the, the the names of everything right now? Because I know you guys got yeah. a lot of things going on. So if you if you enjoyed my talk, I'm nothing. I am I'm like four years, 100% in it. But even though I had 20 years thinking about it, in our last summit, we had people like Jordan. We had 75 speakers from around the world, from Thank five you. continents, and we're now uh, releasing all the content. So you can follow and look for ISCL Summit uh, 2020, and you can find. Uh, 13 master classes and about 20 or 30 panels and about 10 keynotes from people like Gigi Levy. If you heard about NFX, which is the most of amazing course. network effects uh, VC with over half a billion investments in companies with network effects. So Gigi was one of her keynotes and Ilana Golan, which has the leap network in San Francisco, which is a global and, and all kinds of stuff like that. So that's amazing content that you can really get enriched from. And again, join us, YCP, uh, Young Community Professionals in the Israeli group, which is in Hebrew, and Community Pros, uh, which is the human building human networks uh, on LinkedIn. And follow us there. It will be really amazing to see you and help you around in our uh, groups and communities. Awesome. Great. Awesome, Mike. Thank you so much. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Jordan, again for having me.